So I don't know if you've noticed or not, but all throughout the month of February, we've talked a lot about... Almost like it was planned or something, you know? Now, of course, we are a place and a people that talk a lot about God. And our scripture tells us that God is love. And so if we're going to talk about God, we have to eventually talk about love. What I'm afraid, though, is that sometimes that talk is just mere talk. It's, it's almost an idea or a concept that we float around and we don't give it too much weight. But hopefully also there's a point when we realize that when we take into consideration these words that we hear about God's love, we begin to use them to shape every relationship that we have every single day in our life. And that when we see those words where the rubber hits the road is when we wake up next morning and go out and face a new day full of people. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but people are everywhere. So that hopefully these words about love, these ideas about the love of God begin to shape how we interact with all those people. But where the tire explodes and we find ourselves on the wayside of the road is when we get to a passage like we have today. Because I think we get to a point, we come every week and we hear, we we finally figure out, you know what, yeah, uh, my first commitment as a human being is to love God. I know that still sounds strange to some people. We think, well, you know, family first and everything. I don't know, it's God first. God shows us how to love all of those other people. Shows us how to be in right relationship with our family and anybody else. So our first commitment we learn is to love God. And hopefully after we come week after week and we hear after week after week hear the same thing about God's love, eventually we figure out, okay, it's also supposed to be about loving other people. That's how we love God. Have you heard me say that at all the last couple of weeks? Yeah. Okay. But today, in our passage, Jesus isn't talking about people. He's talking about evildoers and enemies. Guys, that was a joke. For the record, evildoers and enemies happen to be people. Now, I want to say this right towards the front. Nothing I'm about to say to you is easy. That everything I'm about to say is so much more easier for me to stand up here and say it to you than it is for you and I to actually do it. But it seems like quite often Jesus is asking us the same question, particularly in our passage today. That question is, what kind of person or what kind of people do you want to be? Now, if your answer has anything to do with God, pay attention. I want to introduce you, or maybe reintroduce you, to something that someone has called Jesus' third way. That when we deal with oppression or when we deal with violence or when we deal with someone coming at us and and threatening us, we usually respond in one of two ways. Fight or 
yeah, you know this, right? We either decide that we're going to step up and we're going to fight fire with fire. Or we're just going to decide, I'm out of here. Right? And what we realize, when we really look at so many of our situations, when we fight fire with fire, what do we usually get? More fire, we get burned. And even in those cases where we win, you know, quite frankly, we really haven't shown whomever we were opposing what was wrong about what they said, about what they did. We just stood up and squashed. And likewise, if we decide to run, well, we haven't really shown our enemy anything other than maybe they're right and we're wrong and we're just going to get out of here. And so someone recognized that Jesus quite often shows us a third way to deal with those kinds of situations in our life. Because I don't know if you know this or not, you will deal with those kinds of situations in your life. Amen? Now I have a volunteer who's going to help me here. Can I have you come up real quick, brother? Introduce yourself to everybody. Not me. <laughs> this is Mark Glover, y'all. And you don't know this, but he and I have some beef together. We're just, we just had enough. Really, I think he's had enough of me. And so we were just standing here one day, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to take this anymore. And he decides he's going to hit me on my cheek. Right? Now, go ahead. Hit me on my cheek. Now, we think about what Jesus said. I've got to reconsider. He said, if someone hits you on the what? No, that's not what he said. If someone hits you on the... Nope. The right cheek. So, we've got to do this right. You're going to hit me on the right cheek. Ready? Go. Normally, you're the, you're the right. This right. Yeah. Oh, but I forgot to tell you. According to religious law, you are not, not allowed to use your left hand for anything like that. So go ahead and put that hand in your pocket. In your, in your pocket. All right, good. Now, I want you to do like Jesus says. If someone hits you on the left cheek, I want you to hit me on your left cheek now. My left cheek. How are you going to do that? My left cheek. How are you going to do it? That's kind of weird. Most people would probably do something like this. You know what that's called? Yeah, backhanded slap. You know what a backhanded slap means? Be nice. Really means I don't like you. I don't care for you. Matter of fact, I kind of think you're nothing. Really even, I'm kind of better than you and you deserve this. So, he decides, we've been going at it for a while. I say, come on me, bro, come at me. And he says, all right, fine. Now, Jesus said, if someone hits you on your right cheek, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, okay. I say, okay, here's my other cheek. Now, here's what you have to realize. If I give him my other cheek, he very well may hit me again. But this time, you know how he's going to hit me? He's either going to do this, or this time, like he's been waiting, he's going to do this. But you know what I've done? By turning the other cheek, I've said to you, look, you may be mad at me. You may think you're all that. But I'm not going to let you disrespect me because I am a child of God. And if you want to hit me, you can hit me. 
Okay? But you're going to have to do it with every bit of respect in your heart for me. You may not like me when we're done, but... (laughs) But... If you want to hit me, you have to hit me with every ounce of dignity for me as a human being. You got that? I love you. Give him a round of applause. He was good. You see what we've done? Or Jesus says, if someone sues you for your shirt, and this kind of, we kind of lose it here because, you know, we, we wear shirts, we wear pants, we wear nice socks and shoes. But what Jesus says, look, yeah, you like my socks, right? Jesus says, if someone sues you for your shirt, you know what you do? You take off all your clothes and give it to them. That's really what he's saying. Now, you may be humiliated in the courtroom, but what are you saying about that person? Aren't you showing them how ridiculous they're being? Aren't you showing them how foul and petty they are being? Or do you remember one time Jesus is carrying his cross in pain and agony? He falls down to the ground and a Roman soldier calls to someone on the side and says, Hey, you come and help him carry his cross. Do you remember that story? Well, by law... Soldiers could have anyone, could force anyone to carry their stuff for them for one mile. Jesus says, if someone forces you to go one mile, here's what you do. Go the second mile. Because the second mile, as soon as you go one foot over that one mile, you're making them do something unlawful. Now they're in trouble, and what you've told them is, look, nobody deserves to be forced to do anything against their will. Do you see what Jesus is doing? Unfortunately, we have this image of Jesus being meek and mild, that away in the manger was how he lived his entire life. And friends, what Jesus is telling us now is that no, 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 no. We have got to stand up for ourselves. We have got to live into the kingdom of God, but there is another way that we do it. We don't do it by having eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth. We do it a different way, the kingdom way. Now we look at those, and of course, I don't think Jesus is telling us that we have to literally do that. But I think because he says if, right? He says if this happens to you. There are going to be other things that happen to you done by other people. People are going to use their words or their actions to humiliate you, to bring you down. They will do whatever they can to hurt you. What are you going to do about it? Or maybe the better question is, what kind of person are you going to be? in that situation. You see, there's a reason, I think, that when we look at a picture like this, let me show you a picture real quick. You've probably seen this picture before. Right? Does that look familiar? These are the sit-ins, right? Example of a sit-in, you have people who were saying what we feel like Jesus is saying is that every person has a right to life. Everyone has dignity. Everyone is a beloved child of God. And all we want to do is sit down and eat. 
And they didn't fight fire with fire. And all these years later, as you and I see this picture, when I look at this, I, my stomach turns because I see people humiliating other people just because they thought they were something different. But as we look at that picture, as we see those people who have decided to do something different, to respond in another way, perhaps even God's way, what we see is the evil other people. And we see that that is not right. Now, if we had seen another picture where those people stood up and threw stuff and got in a fight, we'd see something different. We wouldn't be able to see the kingdom of God. But instead, because those people chose to go the third way, we can see their example and see what the kingdom of God can look like. Have those people done good work for our, for our society? So that brings us to us. How are we going to respond to those kinds of situations that we face? Fight? Flight? Or a third way? It all depends on what kind of person you want to be. came across the story of Julio Diaz. I really think this story is a gift for God, a gift from God for me for today. Uh, so much so that I don't, even, I don't just want to retell the story to you. I want to, to read the story as it was given to me, just because so much of it is, is wonderful. It really um, talks about what we're looking at today. It says, Julio Diaz has a daily routine. Every night, the 31-year-old social worker ends his hour-long subway commute to the Bronx one stop early, just so he can eat at his favorite diner. But one night last month, as Diaz stepped off the number six train and onto a nearly empty platform, his evening took an unexpected turn. He was walking toward the stairs when a teenage boy approached and pulled out a knife. He wants money, so I just gave him my wallet and told him, here, here you go. Diaz says. And as the team began to walk away, Diaz told him, hey, wait a minute, you forgot something. If you're going to be robbing people for the rest of the night, you might as well take my coat to keep you warm. The would-be robber looked at his would-be victim like, what's going on here, Diaz says. He asked me, why are you doing this? Diaz replied, if you're willing to risk your freedom for a few dollars, then I guess you must really need the money. I mean, all I wanted to do was get dinner. And if you really want to join me, hey, you're more than welcome. You know, I just felt maybe he really needs some help, said Diaz. Diaz continues and said that he and the team went into the diner and sat in a booth. The manager comes by, the dishwashers come by, the waiters come by to say hi to Diaz. And the kid was like, you know everybody here, do you own this place? No, I just eat here a lot, he told the team. He says, but you're even nice to the dishwasher. Diaz replied, well, haven't you been taught you should be nice to everybody? Yeah, but I didn't think people actually behaved. 
Diaz asked him what he wanted out of life, and he just had an almost sad face. The teen couldn't even answer Diaz, or he just didn't want to. When the bill arrived, Diaz told the teen, Look, I guess you're going to have to pay for this bill because you have my money, and I can't pay for it. So if you give me my wallet back, I will gladly treat you. The teen didn't even think about it and returned the wallet, Diaz says. I gave him $20. I figured maybe it'll help him. I don't know. Diaz says that he asked for something in return, the teen's knife. And he gave it to me. Afterward, when Diaz told his mother what happened, she said, you're the type of kid that if someone asked you for the time, you gave them your watch. I figure, you know, if you treat people right, you can only hope that they treat you right. It's as simple as it gets in this complicated world. we are going to live by this third way. I believe that we are going to need a divine imagination because it is so easy, that's what we don't understand, it's so easy to fight. It's so easy to run. We're going to need God's help to be able to, to have that kind of divine creativity to do something like that change the mind, maybe even the attitude, maybe even the life of someone who is after us. Does that seem impossible? It should. Does that seem difficult? It should. Because we're used to doing things our way. But Christ is showing us what the kingdom of God looks like. And friends, it looks a whole lot different than our kingdom. You and I need to know who our enemies are. We know who the evildoers are. I know some of you, well, I'm a nice guy, I'm a nice person, I don't have any enemies, I don't have people against me. Well, maybe you're half right. The chances are you have already, or you are right now, and you are about to be confronted by someone who only seeks wrong for you who only seeks to accuse you, who only seeks to make your life miserable, who only sees to tell lies when they're with you, who only looks out for themselves when they're with you. It makes life difficult. When you find yourself in those situations, you've got to ask yourself, what kind of person do I want to be? And if our answer has anything to do with God, then hear what Jesus says. Be perfect, therefore, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. And I know that word scares a lot of us. But what we're talking about here, being perfect, is not about being some morally righteous, all the time, 24-7 person who never does anything wrong. That's not what the idea behind The idea of being perfect according to Christ is being fully committed to God. Fully committed to God's kingdom. Possibly fully committed to living the third way.
One more time. What kind of person do you want to be? Let's pray. Oh God, we are here this morning because we know that you are indeed God. And what we ask from you is as we commit ourselves to you more and more that your ways and your will would continually move ours out of our lives. God, we want to live by your kingdom, by your way. So give us faith enough to do that. Give us trust, give us courage, and give us the creativity we need as well to live according to the way of our Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray and trust. Amen. Yeah, I mean.